Hey there, it's Phil Harwood. Just want to take a quick minute before we begin today's podcast episode and talk to you about our live and in-person events. We had three events scheduled for 2021. We've already had two of them. Our Inner Circle, sponsored by VentTrack event, was very well attended and was a great event. And uh, just recently, we had our Forum for Sales event, sponsored by SnowX, sold out. Uh, We had a great event there as well. We have one more event coming up. It's called Grounds in Institutional Management. It's really focused on site um, issues, operations, engineering, equipment, everything having to do with with running a snow event and planning for events. This is going to be September 8th and 9th at Milton Cat in Milford, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. So we hope to see you there. Registration is open right now at snowfightersinstitute.com. Welcome to the Snowfighters Institute podcast where we hear directly from some of the most interesting people in the professional snow and ice management industry to learn about their successes, to hear about the challenges they faced along the way, and to have their perspective on critical issues facing our industry today. I'm your host, Phil Harwood. Before I introduce today's special guest, I'd like to invite you to follow our social media feeds And check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Hey everybody, I'm very pleased today to have as our special guest, Leanne Slonick. She is the COO of About Time Snow. This is a company in Bucks County, actually Huntingdon Valley, right outside of Philadelphia, PA. Um, and, uh, Leanne, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out to be with us today. I know you're very, very busy, um, and, uh, excited to hear about your story and just your thoughts about the industry. You know, this, uh, I don't know if you love snow as much as I do. People love snow or they hate snow, but I'm assuming you love snow since you're in the industry. And, um, I really want to start out by, um, hearing a little bit about the company and I'm just going to. Um, kind of introduce uh, the company a little bit, and I'm going to let you, um, and then I'm gonna turn it over to you and let you talk. So About Time Snow was founded in 1993, 27 years ago, and you've been with the company, I understand, uh, for over 10 years now. And, 11. Um, so, yeah, 11 years. So um, just kind of curious, you know, tell us a little bit about the company and maybe how it's changed over the past decade, and I'll turn it over to you. All right. Um I've actually started working here probably more than the 11 years ago. I was working part-time. I knew the owner and I would come in after my other job and I would work at night um, part-time. And I knew that the owner um, was just a good guy. You know, it was a good company. And um, that was kind of my first introduction to anything professional in an office setting. That certainly wasn't my background, but um As far as how it's changed since I've been here, I've watched it uh, definitely more professional, uh, more educated, more involved. You know, I I think, I I think like years ago, uh, I I think the owner was working out of his home. I remember 
my husband had went and interviewed with him and he came home. He's like, oh, I can't work for these people that wear flip-flops, you know? Like it, it was such a casual family, just mom, pop, small based company. And I've watched them grow incredibly in, in that. Um, that's probably the base of it. Other than that, you're, it, you know, what you see is what you get. And now, eleven years ago, that, you know? when you started the company, with the company, was was uh, the company in an office environment, or was was it was, was yeah yeah Stephen it was still um, working it was, from home. It was in the Huntington Valley um, okay. area, and we've been here ever since. It's a nice building, um, but you know when I hear the stories of where it actually originated from, it, it's interesting. You know how much mm -hmm. it's actually has grown since then. But I wasn't a part of it back then. But yeah, yeah. You mentioned the owner. Um, tell us. Tell us about the owner. Well, he, um, he's a little nuts. <laughs> he's a great, great guy. His name I, is? Stephen Summer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he's incredibly intelligent. You know, he's, he's had a heart. Um, you know, I found out so many different things about him as I've gotten to know him, you know, over these years. And he had a business by the time he was 14 and, you know, it was something like his parents uh, had somebody come out to seal coat their driveway, you know, and he's out there and he's asking them all kinds of questions and, hmm, cool. you know, um, and educating himself and figuring out the business. And then he goes out and markets himself at 14 years old and, and starts an asphalt business. So I think he's, I can't imagine him ever working for anybody. Um, he's incredibly gifted in his mind, um, the way that he thinks. He, um, he's a believer. He's a brother. He mm -hmm. loves the Lord. He, um really good guy but I, I think sometimes when you have business owners they're so scattered you know and that could bring its own frustration but um incredible heart um he set up this company he named it um you know we're known as about time snow that's actually a dba but he named it fhg companies which means for his glory hmm. and nice. um his heart and his mission has always been to you know what he shares or what he has shared with us you know as a company is that he set up this company because he had a heart to actually support the um, furtherance of the gospel of Christ. And so, so much of what the company earns actually goes out to support missionaries around the world. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that was actually what attracted me probably the most. That was something so dear to my heart. And I thought, well, and then getting into the finances, you know, it's like I get to see where all that money goes. I'm like, well, you guys get a lot of money, you know, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so now I want to circle back to that mission um, conversation. That's a that's a very important aspect to the company. So we're we're going to come back to that in a minute. Sure. Um, I'm I'm curious how you met Stephen and how you did he approach you and ask you to help or were you looking for a part time job or how did you get connected with him initially? You know, honestly, my um my childhood best friend actually worked for Stephen and she's my you know. Uh, She's like my spiritual mother, you know, um, and I've been friends with her since I was 12 and she was working for him. And then he belongs to our church and here um, our kids are very much the same age. So I knew his kids through school and so forth. So I knew of him, but I didn't know him personally, like on a friendship level or a business level or anything. And she was working for him. And then I was looking for extra work. I think it was around Christmas time or something. I was just looking to pick up some extra money. And um, I, I think of the snow business, there's those seasons where they're always looking for extra work. So I just started coming in in the evening, like after my job. And, you know, that's when I started, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for service providers and I'm, you know, scouting out areas and doing sales and all these things. So that's kind of when I got to know him. Um, 
And it really wasn't until about a year or two later that I, um, in, in 2009, when I decided to come on board full time. Okay. So Got I it. knew of him, but I didn't actually know him. Mm-hmm. So about time snow, is it, is, is that company a hundred percent snow only, or is there some <laughs> summer business? No, no, it's snow only. I know that we've entertained different options. We've looked into landscaping, which doesn't seem to be as profitable, but there's all the other benefits to it, you know, with mm-hmm. um, being able to employ, you know, a crew year round and so forth. Um, we've done some asphalting. We, we provide other services, but it really has, we tried to really narrow it down and get rid of some of the chaos. So we are strictly snow. So then the big question everyone asks is, well, what do you do all summer? I, <laughs> do you know what? Everyone asks that. <laughs> And, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to punch you, you know, right? <laughs> you know? Such an obvious like, question. No, we, um, in, in the summer, we're actually, number one, we're looking at processes, you know, we're closing out the season, right? We're doing evaluations. We, um, you know, we do like internal, a lot of internal stuff with evaluating our service providers and our clients to see, you know, when we get into that sales season again, do we want to continue working with them, right? Are they, a, um, you know, the subcontractors, like, are they good guys to work with? Um, we do a lot of um, cleaning up. We have different lawsuits that we deal with. We do a lot. We have a lot of things that we always throw into our spring folder, you know, uh, spring project folder. Mm-hmm. And we, we try to get caught up and then sales season comes again. And it, it seems like um, there's so much work. Mm-hmm. You know, you almost can't wait until after the snow just so you can get caught up because when the snow hits, that's our business, right? And that's our livelihood. So, everything else stops at that point. And so it's a lot of evaluating. It's a lot of training. We do a lot of our training with employees during that time. We do a lot of, um, you know, we take trips, we try to invest in just the, uh, relational issue, hmm. you know, so it's like, nice. we want to do things with the company and the people. That's when we have that downtime, you know, we always try to do an end of season, um, luncheon or something just to really, I think it's time to breathe, you know, it, it's that downtime, but there is still a lot of work even in the summer. Yeah. Now, I'm kind of curious if you could speak a little bit about the um, impact that the ISO certification has had on your business in terms of process management and kind of um, striving for excellence. How do you, what's your take on ISO? Um, I I loved it. When I got involved in it, I was not in the position that I'm in now. And um, and they kind of handed it off to me, I think only because I was involved so deeply with um, insurance and legal and other things. So it seemed to be something that I just picked up naturally. And I loved learning about it. And we went through like a pre-assessment, um, pre-assessment audit and they kind of prepare you to get set up for it. And what I learned so much about our company is so many of the things, you know, in order to be ISO compliant, we already did. Um, but I think when you're trying to pull a company together or you're operating out of some sort of chaos and, you know, certainly we've grown from there, but you learn that we do a lot of these things, but we don't actually have documentation, right? So everything that I learned about it started exciting. Like I was really excited. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is awesome. Cause in my mind, because I, I'm naturally anal, you know, I like nature, but um, you know, I, I like order and processes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this brought so much chaos into um, this beautiful it, thing that everybody had to follow. And so I loved what it brought. I love the organization. I love that there was like procedures and documentation and all of these things that we had to follow. And then at the same time, I was heavily involved just in the, um, the insurance end, right? Or the legislative end and all, all these different pieces right. of the company. But I think that when you have employees, you don't, 
you know, if the person up front who maybe is handling operations at that time, right, and dealing with the snow events, they don't understand on the back end how we're affected. They don't understand the lawsuits that come in. They don't understand fighting with those things and how, you know, so sometimes, you know, so I would, I was always trying to push these things, you know, and, you know, like, well, we need to do this. And then there's this resistance, right? Because they're like, well, why are you making my job harder? And, and I'm thinking, well, because it's necessary. And, and I've learned so much that we, we really only see through our own lens, right? And they couldn't possibly understand in the back end, you know, how important it was to mitigate this risk and um, to deal with all of these issues. So when I, you know, started looking at all the things with ISO, it, honestly, I thought it was a wonderful thing because I felt like, yeah, this is so important because those things affect us as a company and they don't see it. They don't see how it affects us financially. They don't see how it affects us on, you know, with our insurance and they're not involved in those things, you know, and, and I'm looking at it. Like, I remember we thought we weren't going to get insurance. You know, there was like our loss runs were horrific and we were like, wow, are we going to like go out of business? You know, like it's scary, but when somebody's just up front in their administrative or they're just, you know, managing snow events or something, they can't possibly see the background. Yeah. So, and because, right. um, you know, I was so heavily involved ISO was like, oh my goodness, this is like a dream to me, right? It brought everything into practice. And then I guess the last thing to say is that it became this thing that I could just blame everything on ISO, right? So there was no contention between us. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. ISO says so, right? Like there, there's my bad Christianity, right? Um, there's my little lie. It was like, oh, I'm sorry, it's ISO. We have to, you know, so. Everything gets blamed on ISO. And I, I can only imagine, you know, with the complexity um, of having, you know, multiple uh, regions. You guys work throughout the Mid-Atlantic, as far as I understand, and uh, not sure. Maybe inform us on how many employees you have or how many subcontractors you work. But you work with. But I think the more the larger your business is, and the more complicated it is, I think the more critical it is to have those documented processes. Wouldn't you agree? I, you know what, I would, but you know, at the same time, I think it's all about the foundation. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you come in or when you have somebody. Um, you know, if you have somebody who's building a business, right, and they have all these intelligence and all, all these different gifts that they bring, right, but they don't have, you know, I think because Stephen's heart was always to be a ministry. So he's hiring people from the church, you know, so it starts out with, like, there was a time where it's like, you know, you're hiring people that you just want to minister to and give it, provide a job, which is a beautiful thing, right? And he had a heart mm -hmm. for that. But at the same time, you begin to learn that, you know, if we really want to grow professionally, there, there's got to be more than just that, right? It, it's a ministry, yes, but it's a business. Yes. Right. So people have to be trained and qualified. Um, we've always been a small business though. We've always only operated on 10 to 12 employees mm -hmm. and um, other than seasonal workers, uh, you know, but I think that it, I think the hard part wasn't so much even about the number of people, but again, I'm, I haven't worked in corporate, so I couldn't compare that. Right. I really have mm -hmm. no saying that, but um, from what I could, what I've experienced is the real issue was really about the foundation that was laid when people came on board in the first place. You know, and because you're, you know, you're ever changing and snow is like, look, if you guys are looking to come in and do the same thing every day and not grow, you're not right for this job, you know, because you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to grow and there's no security with snow. It is what it is. And, and you got to learn to just, you know, jump in it and do it. So um, the, those processes brought that order. It gave yeah. people some direction you know, as far as like, what do I do? And, and, oh, there's a documented procedure. Oh, I have something I can actually follow. This isn't like, just, let's just wing it, you know, mm -hmm. which is maybe what we've done in the past, like early on back in 1993, but we're not there now. So what kind of company do you think would be a good candidate if someone was interested in taking a look 
um, at ISO. What what kind of a company do you think it is a good fit for everyone, or are there certain companies that well, would really benefit more? I I think that I, I think if we could take the stance on what ISO um, almost demands that we do internally, I think every company in the world would benefit. From, like you know, especially with snow, right? Because of you know the so liability issues. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is something that's um, you know it, it's. You know, snow is something that we can't get rid of, right? It, it's a necessary, it's an essential business. Mm -hmm. And, um, but unfortunately you have all these different things with the legal and the liability issues. And then you have all these frivolous lawsuits and you have all of these things that, and, and certainly they're, they're so sympathetic to the plaintiffs, right? And um, that's been a big frustrating piece for me. Um, yeah. I have this like justice meter inside of me, right? And I just want to like mm -hmm. yell at everyone. <laughs> so, you know, I have to like submit to, yeah, this is just the law and they're a business and they're going to pay out because it's cheaper. Yeah. And, you know, Tough they got to make Yeah. So you, you can't change those things, but what you can do is protect yourself internally. So I right. think ISO, ISO is incredibly expensive. Okay. And we've measured it. Um, we've, you know, really looked to see how, um, what was really like, you know, the, um, investment right like what was the return on that mm -hmm. and on a client end what i found was a lot of them were like yeah what's that who cares right like and i think it's maybe like having those letters after your name we don't really know what they mean but we know that oh you must be important right mm -hmm. so um right. you know so you initially you want to say okay well what makes us stand apart from other companies it's the professionalism it's like okay well we're you know, when you invite ISO and in, what you're saying is, hey, we follow processes and procedures. We're a professional company and we have a third party auditor that comes in to make sure that we're doing everything that we're telling you that we're doing. And I would think that that would be a huge selling point to clients, right? Not only just internally a benefit to the company, but you would think that would be something that would really, I haven't found that. And I wouldn't say that it's not. I'm just saying that when we evaluated it internally, we were like, most clients didn't really care because- sure. Fortunately, at the end of the day, sometimes they just want numbers and they don't care. But internally, what it brought is, I think, so valuable. But a lot of these small guys, they can't, they don't have the money to, to invest into something like that. Right. I think if you have the money, invest mm -hmm. because it's only going to benefit your company. Whether if your gain is to just get further sales, it probably, that's not really the goal. But if you understand how um, structurally it's going to actually grow you and secure you as a company and how much you're going to learn and what you're going to put into place, to protect yourself, you're going to start to really appreciate all of these nuances. Yeah. You know, like all these mm -hmm. things that everyone's like complaining, why do we have to do all these stupid steps? And you know, people are people, right? But um, yeah, it's a commitment. It's so, it definitely is, a it's commitment. Commitment, but, it, but there's a cost to it. And, yeah. and I guess each company individually has to determine, you know, but look, you know, as a business, we're always looking to invest, right? So yeah. Um, no, thank you for that. Um, no, that that was that's a really good perspective because I know people are evaluating that and trying to figure out if that's a good fit for them. What about other technologies? Are there any other um, kind of maybe software platforms or uh, you know other technology kind of pieces that you guys have integrated into the business that you feel? <laughs> Bill, I, I'm I'm <laughs> almost embarrassed to tell you how much money we've spent, you know, on all the different things that we want to bring in. And I think well, what to stands point, out to you is, is something that would be really beneficial for someone else to look at. You know, I'm going to say have a CRM, right? So mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know if I should promote one thing so, or the other, because I'm sure there's many CRMs totally out there. Up to you. So what's CRM uh, if someone doesn't know what that is? We, oh, well, it, it's like your, it's almost like your database. So like for all of us, like older people, right, we've probably used ACT or something that kind of gathers mm -hmm. all of that information. And they have, the technology has advanced so much, right? 
And, and I think for the last 20 years, the owner is convinced he's going to develop this app. And I think he even invested money into it because he has all okay. these ideas. Building you know, his own. Yeah, but but yeah. now you see that people have come on board. And I'm like, wow, you really should have like patented that. You know, you would have been like a millionaire, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That would have been sweet. And um, but they have a lot of that out there. And so there's a lot of tools out there for people to use. And I think that a lot of times we're using all these different um, things. So you know, we're operating out of like five different spreadsheets, right? You go back to old school, and we're using what we know. A lot of Microsoft operating systems and things that we're comfortable with internally. And when you begin to de- um, look into these softwares that have been developed, and they're very um, specific to the snow industry, right? And we've looked into Crew Tracker and um, Street Smart and all of these different things, and they all bring their own piece, but you have to find what fits your company. Mm-hmm. And I, I spent, my goodness, months into Crew Tracker, and we invested a lot of money into that, and even Street Smart, and I loved it. I pick up those things very easily. So, um, and you love the whole putting it together in the piece and you have to link everything up in this and that. But then at the end of it, after all of that money, I recognize, wow, that's, this is beautiful if you're a self-performing company, but it didn't quite fit our situation mm-hmm. at the time. And, and I, so I think that there are so many out there, um, but everybody has to find what really works for them. I love different, mm-hmm. you know, traction. If I would promote anything, I think traction is something I would promote. Okay. So um, tell us about that. So traction is like an EOS. So it's, um, and you know, honestly, I can't even think of what that acronym stands for at this point. But I remember when I heard about it, um, I was trying to recruit somebody at that time because I was handling like 20 different jobs. And I said, I, I can't live like this, right? I've got a family. I can't work 18 hours a day. And, um, you know, we went through a bad season and we were trying to just build up the company. And so I was trying to hire somebody that could come on board because I had all these things in my head, but because I, my hands were involved in so many different things, I didn't have time to. And, but I could see it, right? For whatever reason, I see things very, like on a higher tier, like this over. So I, I'm meeting with this person on a regular basis and I'm explaining all these things like, we need this, we need this, we need this. And, you know, and, um, and I need to hire you so you can do that for me because I don't have time to because I'm so operations and finances and all these different pieces. And then this person tells me about traction and I, I thought I was going to cry. I'm like, Oh my goodness. It's like, yeah, it's what I've been looking for. It's everything. So I started looking into that and then I went to, you know, some classes about it and we had implemented it internally and they really lay out. It's really where you're coming up with some sort of plan and goals. So you set like three years, five years, 10 years goals. And, and, but you meet on a regular basis and you look at those goals and you see if you're still in line, like, are you, you know, staying on track, right? Are you, you know, so if the goal and every company has their own goals, that's, there's no right or wrong with that. But mm-hmm. it's like, if our goal is this, then every quarter or every month when we're having these, you know, management meetings, are we still in line with, to meet our goal? Because I think that's what we lose in life for anybody, business or even personal, right? Like we have all these ideas, but none mm-hmm. of us really have this whole game plan to get there and it keeps you on track. And it's just been something that I think is incredibly valuable. It's something that's that the word traction. Yes. How long exactly. have you guys been involved in this? Um, the traction? Yeah. Probably for a little bit more than a year. Okay. I, I've really, everything I hear on it is like, oh my goodness. It's like, you know, sometimes you know things and then you're like, how did I know that I know? Right. Yeah. But everything I heard about it was like, um, I've been like saying this forever and wow, like they've actually created that. That's wonderful. Give me that, you know? Yeah. Stay um, with it. It's a great process. Um, um, so the book is called Traction. It was written by Gino Wickman. For anyone yes. who 
hasn't come across Gino's name or the book Traction, the EOS process is the entrepreneurial operating system Thank you. Uh, created by Gino. And uh, my company, my previous company before I was a consultant was deeply involved in EOS before it was even called EOS. Um, we worked directly with Gino as he was putting this pro program together in Southfield, nice. Michigan. And uh, we met right at his office, um, right there at Seven Mile and mm, I-275. Um, so, yeah, I'm very familiar with this. And it's a great process. Highly, highly, highly recommended. I'm so glad Agreed. Um, Agreed. you brought that up. I want to slide back to that um, conversation that you were having earlier about that we were having about mission uh -huh. um because obviously you know spending um any time listening to you talk or being on the website you can't help but see that about time snow is a mission-driven company and you've already talked a little bit about that but um i'm kind of curious about that because you know some businesses are um and some owners prefer not to be all that transparent about their beliefs or their position on things or their faith. And yeah. so it's interesting just to see a company that's just like, here, here's who we are. Here's what we believe. Boom. And I'm kind of curious, you know, if you feel that that's a strength or does that hold you back or how does that help you kind of get the right people on board or does that affect your clients? I'm kind of curious if you could just, speak about how that kind of plays out in the larger society, you know, being transparent about sure. your beliefs and your mission. All right. Um, well, I'm actually glad that you see that about us because I don't think a lot of people know that about us and I don't think we openly promote it. I think it's really important to the owner um, to say, Hey, this is what we do, you know, and um, this is what I believe. This is what I set this company up for. I know that his heart's desire is eventually he'll get out of snow and he wants to set up a foundation that will continue to um, support missionaries around the world and that he would love to go be a part of that and um, go visit them. And always he he's, he's actually very humble. So, you know, he always, he doesn't ever want to be known. So everything he gives is in secret, you know, and he wants to go visit these people, but not let them know that he's the one given all this money mm, because that's cool. Human heart, right? Mm -hmm. People expect, or they treat you differently or something. So he's got this incredible burden to do this. And I, you know, the more that I get to know him, I, th I think it has a lot to do with how he was raised. And um, it's very unique to me because I think 85% of people, you know, think, you know, believe that they're, they, or maybe would identify as a Christian, right? But you don't see many people that have actually lived the whole life of it. And um, so the more that I get to know about the owner and, and what he stands for, this has actually been a passion since he was little, his parents were involved in it. Um and he happened to, you know, a lot of his friends, even in college, you know, he happened to be someone who grew up living out that walk, not because, you know, by their parents, you know, like we adopt our parents' faith, right? Mm -hmm. um, this was someone who had a deep conviction very early on in life and was very intentional about his pursuit with Christ and his walk. So he happened to surround himself with a lot of good people in college and very blessed to have a good group of men that all truly love the Lord and serve. And I'm like... I found that remarkable, to be honest. I'm like, wow, I never had one of those friends, nor was I one of those friends, you know? <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. but he really, um, and a lot of those guys became missionaries too. And it was something, you know, he he chose to have a family and that was that's his heart, that's his passion. I can see that. But um, there was always something in him that always wanted to give to it. And I think 
when you have that desire, but God doesn't call all of us to be missionaries, right? Or we can be missionaries in Philly, right? It doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole field out there of, you know, people that need ministering to. So, um, so I think in his heart, he felt something that called him to say, okay, well, I can't go out and do that. That's not really what I'm called to do, but I can fund it and I can make it possible for others to kind of do what my heart's desire is. So um, I, I probably got to tell you, that was the biggest selling point for me staying here. Uh, it really was. It was something that impacted me so deeply. But as far as how has it helped or hurt us, I, I have to say, honestly, I don't think either. Because I don't know that a lot of people know that about us. We don't promote it with our mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that, you know, I, you know, something More of an internal want, thing, right? With your people. Yeah, and internally, we try to share it with the employees. But listen, everyone, we don't hire, you know, we don't hire Christians only. Mm-hmm. You know, we hire based on your skill and your education, like, you know, um, so... But culture um, matters, right? I mean, culture is a big culture thing. matters. And, it, you know what? It absolutely does. And and I understand you can't discriminate either. And some people have different gifts. And then you think, okay, well, if everything's a mission field, I think that sometimes Stephen looks at this place to be a mission field. Mm-hmm. And I watch him pour into people um, incredibly to the point that maybe he'd be criticized by people in business. You know, like, oh, you're an idiot. Like, let them go, fire them, right? And he doesn't have that heart. He always has his heart to want to really just pour into people, and it matters to him. So you kind of see that displayed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, well, but when people come in, they out. don't always believe the same thing. So they're not like, oh, you support missionaries. That's awesome. Well, it's dear to my heart, but that's because I'm a believer. Right. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's dear to the next person's heart. Um, I think that's so important, you know, when, when companies, and this is something that I think a lot of owners and companies really, um, maybe not struggle with, but, um, I, I think they have an understanding that culture does matter. But, it does. but they, the, I think where, where people sometimes get hung up and I've seen this with my own clients is, is, um, trying to find ways to act out what they believe. So you can say, well, I really want my company to be known for this, or I really want, this is, these are the things I care mostly about my passions, my, my faith, my beliefs, um, you know, my purpose, mission, all those things. Right. So you can articulate those, but what does that mean? Like how? how do you turn that into action? What do you do? And so that's, that's where it comes alive. Right. And I feel like you guys have really been able to put your, put your, your mission into action. I I would hope so. You know, I guess we don't really think about it. Um, we, we certainly, you know, pray, you know, we pray for our employees all the time. We, you know, we, gather in prayer as a company, you know, we've gotten away from it sometimes in the busy season. There was a time where it was like every day we did Bible study and it was always open. Like, Hey, you guys don't have to join. It's no big deal, you know, but I've watched that develop something in the culture and you can't l- listen. I don't, I don't care what faith you believe right in. We're human. So you can bring all the Christians you want, but we're still carnal. We're still growing. We're all different levels, right? So you're not building this utopia. Okay. And, um, you know, but what I love I don't think that we look to really promote it. I don't think that we try to identify as a Christian business. I think what we say is this is a snow business and the owner happens to be a Christian, you know, and he tries to implement it that way. And, and I think that, you know, something I heard that was so important to me was, you know, I forget who said, I don't know if it was like Spurgeon or somebody, right? Like one of, you know, those mm-hmm. great men. And it was like, you know, um, preach the gospel every day and when necessary, use words. And that always stood out with me. And I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter what we speak because how we live before people is really what people look at and it's really what impacts people and changes them. And even when you have non-believers come into the office and we do these things, you know, 
there are so many people in my life that it's like, they, they could look at me like I'm a nut, right? You have the people that love you, the people that hate you, right? And um, for what you believe. But, but I think when people see consistency in your life and you're not trying to shove something down their throat and you love all people, no matter where they're at, and you're just, look, this is our truth, right? And I remember even having someone say to me, like, I don't understand what you believe, Leanne, but I know that you believe it. And I want that, you know, and, and I think for years, I, you know, have prayed for these guys, like, we're like, put something in their heart that just makes them jealous for that, you know, so I want to know you in that way. Um, so I think that, but you know, you know, the much is given, much is required. Okay. And I think that when people begin to know that about you as a Christian, all of a sudden, we have such a greater calling because we have to live it out, right? And people come in and have and they hear you're a Christian. And then the first time you, you know, do something that they want to criticize, like, oh, I thought you were a Christian. And then you're, you're constantly <laughs> under attack for it. And it's like, oh, you don't understand, right? Yeah. But I think internally it helps sharpen us. And, you know, the owner has a great heart for that because he's a businessman. He's always going to think business, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I was telling you, you're like Jacob, you know, <laughs> you're like, you're shrewd, but such a beautiful, good heart. There's nothing dishonest about the man, right? Mm-hmm. But in a business mind, you think differently. And other people can interpret that as, oh, you're ripping them off. And I'm thinking, you're not even in the finances. You don't even know what you're talking about, okay? It's not like that. And, and I can get frustrated with it because I certainly want to defend them. But, um, or I know that what they're attacking is what we claim to believe. And, um, and it's hard because you would think that it would be this wonderful thing if we're just all Christians, but it's not. It makes it harder because people... In some sense, people do a have higher different standards. Yeah. It is. And, and I think that I do think we have a higher calling. If you're going to, I used to say to people all the time, you want to live like that. I don't judge you. That's fine. But take off your Jesus badge mm-hmm. because you're misrepresenting something that's really dear to me, you know? And like, I'm not judging you for how you live, but if you're going to promote that, then you need to live it. And, and I think that's the higher calling here. So if something comes up, I, I know that the owner has made different decisions because somebody misinterpreted the wrong way. Right. And then we look at scripture and we're thinking, all right, you want to love other people. You don't want to cause anyone to stumble. Right. Even though we know in our heart before God, it's okay. Right. If it's causing them to think something, what do we need to look at? And I, so I think that honestly hiring non-believers really grows us, you know, like we're thinking we got this ministry to them. Right. And we're thinking, wow, Lord, you actually use them to grow us up, you know, (laughs) and mature us in our own walk. And it it helps us to um, recognize that, you know, we are living something out and whether that's whatever faith you are, it doesn't matter. It's whatever we promote ourselves with is really what people look at, regardless of what we speak. It's what, how we live, you know? So I see um, the same thing with, with, um, um, other companies that have completely different sets of values or different missions, mission, uh, orientations. The minute you call yourself out, the minute you articulate those things and say, this is what we believe. This is who we are. You're really kind of setting yourself up to be at some point being criticized for not being yes. that way. Cause you know, inevitably we fall short, right? Whatever that standard Absolutely. is, we hold ourselves to, whether it's a professional, you know, set of ethics or whatever it is, people fall short. People are human. Um, and I think, but, but at the end of the day, I think people, and I a hundred percent agree with your philosophy. Um, and I commend you for that about being inclusive and, and saying, you know what, we're, we're, we're not only going to hire people who share everything that we believe in because, you know, that's not what it's all about. Um, and I see that with, with, my other clients as well that have, um, you know, regardless of what the mission is and what the core values are, they're, they're looking for people that want to have, want to work at a place that cares about people and that has, 
has a mission. Whether or not they totally agree with it, it would be great yeah. if they agree with it, but they might not. But but they want to work somewhere that has something in place that says, here's who we are. We're striving to be the best versions of ourselves. Here's what we believe. And, and really, m stronger culture is attractive. Even if you don't necessarily agree with the culture, like or if you're not from that culture, it's attractive. And so I think it's a really smart move for business. It's a strategic move, and I know that's not why, you know, Stephen started his company with that mission orientation for strategy no, and retention. But um, but it is a it's a you know it's just a fact that people are drawn to that. And so um, the yeah, other thing, I, that, so, right? <laughs> I hope yeah, so. The other thing that really stands out to me when I think about, and, I, and this is kind of where I wanted to go next in our conversation, is about just employee um, engagement and professional development. You guys have really uh, from what I can see, done a nice job getting involved in the industry. You know, we had a really nice conversation uh, last summer here in Grand Rapids yes. at Symposium. And I know you guys have been involved in, um, you know, Snowfighters Institute over the years. And you've, you've been involved in ISO and ASCA and different things. And you're, you, we've also had some really nice conversations about Grow the Bench. Um, yes. And Love just developing people. And so, um, I mean, that's just a, such a natural outpouring of your mission and your faith to invest in people and develop people, give people a chance. Right. And yes. so talk to me a little bit about that. Is that something you have direct responsibility from? Is, are you overseeing some of that or is that coming I, from Steven or where's that coming from? Well, Steven definitely started it before I came here. Um, maybe not as active, um, you know, he's always, he, when you're a business owner, you're always so busy, right? So you can't have your head in everything to think of all these things, right? So you want to hire the right people. And I think that it became such a passion to me. I really think the biggest, like when I first went to Simon, right? So I, I come here, I'm working for a small business and we are, and I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, we don't try to promote ourselves as anything bigger, but, you know, I remember going to Simon and I almost felt like, I really felt stupid. I felt like, wow, there's a whole professional industry out here, you know, like, because you're always thinking it's like Chuck in the truck and people have just, no idea. Yeah. And, and you recognize, wow, there's this whole professional thing here. There's so many people that are growing and learning. And I think that was so impactful on me. Um, and I know Steven's always done that in the past, but um, it was my first experience. And, um, and, and then you get into all these different things and then you go there. And I think because of what I've experienced personally, now, I know we're all different. I happen to love to learn, right? So I'm like, my brain absorbs all of that. Like, I'm like, give me any education you can, right? I love to learn. And, you know, um, but then, you you know, ASCA, right? And, and then what they promote and, and just their efforts legislatively and, and how changing that was and how much I learned by going there and seeing, you know, this movement and seeing all these other people giving up their time to go fight for something that benefited all of us. There was no personal gain here. Right. You know, there was we, it wasn't, you know, a me and unfortunately, you know, seems like life is all about me. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I love these organizations because they really do provide that they provide this whole network and, you know, people are always competitive and I'm thinking, well, they're, yeah, they're my competitors, but they're my peers. You know, I'd help mm -hmm. anybody in the industry. And I, I never look at it like that. Like if someone calls us and I'm like, Hey, can, we, can you share this with us? We're like, absolutely. You know, we want to grow the industry because we see how we're really, um, they're really making it hard for us, um, to survive. And, um, or, you know, a lot of these smaller guys, you know, we're small business, but maybe on a financial end, we do better. But a lot of these small guys will not survive this. And yeah, so when they need you guys to advocate those who absolutely, can. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. 
right? Like, you know, I, I, I think we're meant as people to stand up and speak for those that don't have a voice. I really do. Or get involved in whatever matter. And it's the same thing with the missionaries. Okay, so maybe you can't go be a missionary, but can you fund it? Right? There's some part that each of us can play in it. And I think I was so amazed at all the people that just got so involved to do something for the industry as a whole. So because it impacted me, I think that's where it started. So I've always been a huge advocate for it. And Stephen gives me free run. You know, sometimes I say, I think you work for me. I don't know, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> um, but it gives me, he, you know, just known him this many years um, and build that, you know, relationship. But um, I advocate for that hugely. And I've watched what it does for employees. And, you know, you spend so much time. And I learned a lot of this even on Grow the Bench, which I, I would plug any day. I love what you Thank you. you know, I loved it. And learned so much. I'd be excited every morning. I'm getting ready to listen to all your stuff, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. Right. And, um, but there's so much truth in it. And what you learn is that our employees are our biggest asset. I don't care how much comp, you know, money your company brings in. If you don't value them above everything, you have nothing, right? And investing in them is huge because it's going to make you more successful. And even if it's not for us, they're going to leave being successful. And then you've invested in the life of someone, right? Who's going to go out and do something great. And, and I, I recognize that giving them the education and the tools, because everybody comes in and they think, okay, we're just going to take a job. And it's like, so I'm, I'm very pushy with, no, you have to understand everything about snow. You know what I mean? You're going to mm -hmm. learn everything. And Why some not? people are like, I just want to do my job and go home. Right. You know, and I'm like, oh no, it doesn't work like that. You know, like, because to me, the more I understand about the snow industry as a whole and about all of these different things, the, the more effective we are in the company, the more intelligent we are when we speak with our clients, the more we understand we're engaging in those conversations. And so I think exposure for our employees is huge. And I, and I've learned on HR end that honestly, these guys want to feel like we're investing in them. They are valuable. And I think a lot of like they, employees can tell you horror stories. They don't feel that way. So um, yeah. I, I think you do a great disservice if you do not invest in your employees, if you don't give them this education, if you don't, you know, expose them to the different things going on in the industry, because get them excited about it. Because my boss would be like, okay, I wasn't ever going to think about that, but why are you so excited, Leanne? Mm -hmm. You know? And he's like, well, if you're that excited, just go with it. Okay. He's like, I don't get it. I don't feel it, but okay. You know? And, <laughs> um, cool. but, but he's become excited about it. And, and I think sometimes that we can really, you know, if we can just share that excitement, you know, so I, I think that the more people in our company that we can get on board with all these things and the training and educating them and making them true snow professionals, because we promote ourselves to clients. You know, and my thing has always been like, well, what's different about us? What do we have that is really better than anyone else, right? We're just throwing out numbers. We're just going to service. And it's, it's like, no, like it's so in my heart to say, no, we got to be more than that. You know, like what makes us stand above those people? And yeah, at the end of the day, maybe they get rid of us anyway because they get a lower bit. Who cares? That's their issue. That's not mine, right? But um, the more that these employees understand about the industry as a whole, whether it's on the legislative end, whether it's just growing in operations or sales or whatever, you're investing in them, but it's, you're going to reap the fruit of that. Yeah. So it's foolish Man. to do that for them, you know? So yeah. I love all those organizations. I'll always promote those as well. Well, you guys have been just wonderful, regular attendees of Snowfighters Institute over the year. And so thank you for that. Um, I know a lot of different people yeah. from your company have been um, attending Snowfighters events and Hopefully in yes. 2021, we'll get back to those and, and we'll see at some of those events. Um, yeah. Oh, you will. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just want to, as, as you were, as you were talking, I was just kind of reflecting that, you know, you're really the perfect example of someone who um, kind of came in the industry, just, just 
because of a friend and a need to work part time. And, and here you are 11 years later, um, fully invested, like all in, like involved in the industry and all different things and promoting the industry and your companies, you know, legis getting involved in legislation. And it's just so cool. Like, um, and that's exactly why I wanted to interview, um, someone like you who's not an owner because it's a different perspective. So it's so cool. And I think it's an inspiring story for any owners who are listening to be able to, to just know that, Hey, that part-time person that you just hired potentially, uh, is going to be your COO. Aww. And, and so just cool, but I'm in, in good segue into another question I had for you okay, um, for about, and I'm, I'm curious about your current role. So you're the COO. What does that mean? What do you do on a daily basis? And, and, uh, if you can talk to us about, and I'm curious what your involvement is during snow events, or are you, are you the person that comes in, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning and goes, Oh, did it snow last night? No, <laughs> no, I'm the person everyone hates. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's, yeah, um, COO, what do I do? I, I do everything, right? So, um, like, absolutely everything. <laughs> and, um, and you know, it, it's funny because even taking this role, I was, you know, when our um, former COO left, I was looking to engage somebody, and I had this perfect person in mind. I'm like, you're going to be, you could do this. You're going to be our COO, right? Like, I never thought of me. I'm always, you know, like, whatever. I just mm -hmm. come to work, right? And I am who I am, right? So, um, and you know, I remember the owner coming to me as we we're like looking to recruit this person and he came in one day and he said, he's like, I got to share something with you. And he said, I've been up all night. He's like, and I was praying about this. He, and he's like, I, I, he's like, I don't know why I didn't see this. He's like, but it's you. He's like, you're the one that's supposed to do it. And I'm like, I, and I'm like, oh, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think so, Stephen, um, that's not me. And, um, and he was like, no, I, I really want you to pray about this. And, and I really think that you can do this. And, and we started talking about, and it's like, well, he's like, man, what, what part of this company have you not worked in? And I'm like, well, none, I've, I do everything, you know? Hmm. And um, I said, well, listen, let me talk to my family. Cause you know, taking on a management position requires a lot more, you know, this isn't a nine to five job. Okay. Sure. It's really not. And it's a sacrifice to your family and everything else. So you want them on board with it. And I, I went home and I um, shared it with my family and we had prayed about it and um, together and they were all really supportive of it. And I, so I came back and I said, listen, um, I, I don't agree with you, but okay. You know, <laughs> if you want me to do it, I'll do it. Right. Like, um, and that's kind of how that started. And so I'm involved in everything, but I always have been, you know, so ever since I came here, I think my first, I think within like my first six months of coming on board, I got involved in, um, workers comp audit and save the company like 50 grand. Right. So there oh, you go. Wow. There's your, there's your nice. hook where Steven's like, Oh, she's wonderful. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but, um, but I didn't come from that background. So you, you have to understand that it's a very humbling thing to me because I had no, I, I would have told you years ago, I'll never work in an office in my life. Like that is not me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think God, you know, we just operate, you grow where you're planted. Right. And, um, so I just, okay, fine. I'll just go with it. And, so I'm getting off track here. Bring me back to where. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you, if you had a job description in front of you, what would it say? <laughs> what does the COO do? So I, um, I, I work directly with the owner. Um, I maintain the financial stability of the company. I, um, 
really keeping him on track and getting him invested into all of these things that I see as a detriment to the company where, you know, when you have business owners, they're operating so independently and they're kind of in that survival mode. They, those guys are so gifted and every business owner I've met seems to be like Steven. So it's not, um, and it's really helping. They need that person. They really do. They need that help me. They need someone to kind of come in and bring my order in that. I do the hiring. I do the firing. I do the training. I do the managing. I do the snow. I do, I write all the procedures and the processes. I do all of the accounting and the financials. I do, um, I, I've hired people, you know, do legal, but I've done years of the legal stuff here and the insurance. So um, everything, you know, we try to hire people to take over those roles, but ultimately everything will get filtered or reviewed or approved through me. I, I do all contract reading. Um, you know, you, you know, it's like when you first read a contract, it's like Japanese, right? It mm-hmm. takes a train dot. Um, right. So you know, 11 years later, I, look, I'd never go sell myself as a CEO anywhere, but I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, I know this company, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm That's confident great. in that very much so. So, yeah. and I love this company. I really yeah, do. I can tell. So the end is, do you love snow or do you hate snow? Um, or I is it both? Cold. <laughs> <laughs> I love snow because it brings me money. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I see the effects of a 1.3 inch year. Um, and it's hurting us incredibly, but, um, no, I, I don't like snow, but I get excited. And I, I've been amazed over the years of the groups because I remember we've come in our pajamas and it's like, I'm always about professionalism because I think it says, I think when you come in looking bummy and like you crawled out of bed, I think your attitude reflects that. So, of you know, course. I became like the, you know, stickler on that one. I'm like, oh no, you need to go mm-hmm. change your clothes or brush your hair or something, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like we're professional. Right. You don't, you don't dress like that. And it's important to me because how we represent ourselves and our overall manner. But, but when it snows, it's like, everything's off. Come in your pajamas. You know, we, I work through the nights. Um, I don't know how to, and I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm sure I have to learn a healthy balance in life, but, um, but I have, you know, if I have family support, then I'm okay with it. Um, so I'm thankful for that, but I'm very actively involved in all the snow events. And when things get escalated, you know, I deal with all the clients and we have that delegated where people deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the background and I'm monitoring and I'm making sure everybody's on top of it because we, you know, I, I recognized when we went to Simon one time and, I, and I'm, here's me, I'm all clueless, right? Cause I just speak freely and I'm, I'm not really, <laughs> I don't come from a professional background. Okay. So, um, and I'm speaking to people. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. We're a snow management company. Right. And it was almost like derogatory. It was like, people look at you like, oh, you're one of them, you know? And I'm like, ouch, should I just say something wrong? And and then, so I'm looking into it, like, well, what's wrong with us? And, and you recognize just maybe on um, the reputation that that has. And I'm like, no, we don't actually operate like that. We are so different. We are so involved. And so when we don't just sub it out and these guys go and do the work, we manage it. We look to retain them. We build relationships. We are watching. We have, we've implemented site photos. That was another software, which is great because it geolocates and you know when they're on site and we can, mm-hmm. we try to be proactive, you know, um, we look to mitigate on every end possible and we're constantly involved during that snow event so we're not just like oh we're going home to sleep and we're just subbing it out and everyone else is doing the work we are incredibly proactive um and so i cannot sleep if i tried during a snow event you know um even if i wanted to i couldn't because i I carry such a burden for the company and i know on a legal end i know all the lawsuits i've dealt with i know the deposit like all of the things that affect us I know the, you know, the cost of retaining a client, you know, and it's like, you guys don't understand how important it is to, you know, remove that fear from them. But like, you, we have to be in contact with them, you know, like we got to take those, 
So I, I see it on such a different end that I don't know how to back out of it. And I'm not saying that's a good thing about me. I'm just mm -hmm. saying that's just what it is right now. So. No, I, I think it's invaluable. It's, it's, it's incredible, you know, to have somebody at your level that involved during events and, and just, you know, to have the broad scope that you have. Um, and I think it's very helpful to have someone in the background scanning like you were talking about. Right. Um, because you're you're the person that's going to see things with the right perspective. You're not so deep into it where you lose, um, you know, you just lose your way, right? Because you're too deep in the weeds. Right. Um, and you probably see things that people don't see. Um, and you can jump in, you know, you can jump in and lend a hand if somebody needs something. So I think it's fantastic. Um, and I'm, I, I would challenge any owners who are on the call if your CEO is not coming in for events and then, yeah, that engaged maybe you need to have a conversation with them <laughs> yes. I just got myself into a bunch of trouble there um kind of curious I'm, I'm I just have one more big loaded question here um okay. so I'm always curious to ask people this question um you know I just I've always found that um you know when people have to overcome challenges in their lives like those are those can be sometimes big turning points, big, uh, crucial moments in their life. And, and those, those things sometimes have a lot more, uh, power when people have to stare down a significant challenge than if they just were, you know, on the easy path with really no obstacles in front of themselves and things were just handed to them. So I'm just yeah. always curious to ask people if there were, you know, if there's a, a challenge or, or a couple challenges that you had to overcome, throughout your, your career so far that, um, really were meaningful. And, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us. Oh, um, well, I wish I had this meaningful answer for you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you that my biggest struggle and I have not overcome it yet, um, is honestly people. It, it is something that I'm like, I, you know, I, I'm ever growing in this and I don't know if I'm ever going to come to the understanding of why people respond the way that they do. And, you know, it's like when I worked for the company, you know, when you're just another coworker, there's a much different relationship, but then when you become boss and, um, it's very different and people respond very, and it's almost like, I can't believe at 43 years old, I'm, I'm thinking like, wow, they don't think like me, you know, <laughs> like it, it's so, you know, crazy to me and I'm learning about people and I, I, probably lack the most patience with that. And it's crazy because on one end I'll be crying and praying for them and I love them and I pour into them. And on the other end, I'm like, I'm just firing everyone. I don't care. You know, like, <laughs> so there's this, um, I really struggle with that. And, um, I, I think sometimes I scare people like, or I've been told I don't get it, but, um, I'm very confrontational. I think that makes people uncomfortable. And to me, that's such a great quality. And that's like the people that are closest to me are like that as well, because it, to me, it's like, this is what it is. It's just real. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to pretend, you know, I don't want to, you don't have to guess if I like you or not. If I don't like you, you'll know, I promise you, you know, like there's no pretense. I'm not going to backstab you. I'm going to lay it all out because I love you and I want to help you. And, mm -hmm. and I, I thought that was normal and I'm learning that it's not. And, um, I, I'll tell you one funny story because this is like, I, to this day, I can't get past this. And so I'm managing a snow event, right. And it, you know, and I'm in the background, for training purposes, thinking all of this is investing in training, you guys, to use are better, right? And eventually, and I always say, I don't, look guys, I don't want to micromanage. That's not my goal. I want to go home. Okay. <laughs> like, but until, you know, I need everyone to be able to operate independently like that. And you guys are new when you're training. So I'm in the background. So as they're, you know, we use the sauna and, um, which is a great thing also. And 
So as they're putting in notes and they're following the events, I'm going through, I'm constantly scrolling through the notes to say, oh, it's been an hour. Have you called back this person? You told the client to get back here. Have you done this, right? To train them. I'm not being critical. So in that, I send out this email to the whole staff, right? Because I'm, I'm learning to be sensitive towards people. And um, I, I'm telling you, I could have sent it with like hugs and kisses and butterflies and lollipops. And and it's like, hey, you guys are doing a great job, you know? And all these things that I mean sincerely, but I'm always in my heart because it's not my personality. I'm like, really, we really, like, I don't feel I need to be puffed up by people. It's like, I'm confident who I am. It's okay. But I've learned people actually really need that. And that is yes. baffling to me. And, but even through a lot of your stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, it's not my way, right? You really have to do that to people, right? And um, like, I just love you sincerely. I don't feel the need to like, I feel like it's like a form of lying, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I don't believe it. So it's hard for me to do that. And so anyway, so I'm sending out this email and I'm saying, Hey guys, I'm going to be in the background. This is for training purposes. You guys are doing a great job. You know, smileys, kisses, all the whole nine mm -hmm. yards. Right. And, um, oh my goodness. It was like, it was so odd to me. Are you hey, still there? Leanne, Sorry. hold on. <clears throat> yeah, just right there, we had we lost our connection or something. Yeah, I know. So we I know. Underground. Let's I'm just. Sorry. I'm gonna. Okay. No, I just. I made note of the time. I'm gonna snip that out. Let me just have you pick up where you said. Um, I sent out the email, so I sent out the email. Yeah, so I sent out the email to so nobody was offended and and just saying, hey guys, you're doing a great job. I'm just doing this for training purposes. Don't worry about it. I'm just trying to help you to grow so you can see where, what you're missing and right, like I'm. And, and at the end of it, it was almost like I did this awful evil and everybody was so hurt and offended by me. And I'm sitting in that meeting with, you know, other people that were in management and I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I'm like, and I seriously was like, um, I, I gave them like smiley faces and mm -hmm. like hearts. Like, I don't know how easier you wanted me to say that. And, and so I'm learning that, that thinking does not jive with, I don't know how to interpret that, but I, I'm learning that with, in dealing with employees, it's like, wow, you really have to be like that. And that's not natural in me. Hmm. So I think, you know, I still can't get over that. Every time it comes up, I'm like, it's like that email. I can't believe it. You know, like I'm like hung up on it, but because I can't, it's like, well, what could I have done differently? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do you like? It's, it's almost like people just are very uncomfortable being confronted or they feel like you're criticizing them. And it's like, so I'm ever trying to grow and pray about what did I do? Hmm. You know, because, and, and I tell people, I'm like, I promise you, whatever I've done, it's in pure ignorance because I don't know what you're talking about, you know? And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I'm looking to overcome. And I don't know that I'll ever get there, you know? Um, it's a very interesting challenge or, um, answer to my my challenge question uh, but it but it's really no it's really cool because um you know i know for a fact dealing with so many different people you know a lot of the owners i deal with and people in senior management positions um they they probably wouldn't answer that question like you did but actually this is their biggest challenge because they really struggle with dealing with people um yeah. and they and when you when you're in a position of leadership and and you just are resigned to the fact and you're just telling yourself every day that you know people are stupid and nobody has any work ethic anymore and everyone's lazy and no one sees the world like i do and and you just have this attitude like everyone around me is a moron that that's not 
that's not setting you up to be an effective leader. Oh, and, I, and I just you're see that all the time. Like people just have given up on, on everyone around them and they're yeah. just trying to get the most out of them um, in a controlling way. And I, I think what I'm hearing you saying is I really don't understand the psychology of people and how to affect their mind and their thinking, their decision-making, how to be a better leader. I think that's really cool. And I think that's right in line. I think that's why you've gravitated toward grow the bench and different things that are investing in people and helping people see things a different way and, and hopefully changing their perspective, their mindset on things. And you know, I'm like listening to your material, like, you know, like lead me a wise one, you know, because like help me, you know, like I, I really do love these people. I really pour everything into them and it's not effective and I don't know what to do. And there's so much with leadership, you know, as far as like building these people up and I agree, they deserve that. And I want to do that. Believe me, I don't look at anyone like they're morons. I hate that. I hate that mindset, to be honest. I think that's so like, get over yourself, you know, but, um, I want to be that, but I can't understand it. And I don't find much material on it. It's like, what do you do when they just don't respond to that? You know? So, um, I, I, you know, I take it for God. It's like, Lord, what is it in me? You know, that I need to change that I can't see that I'm stubborn to or blind to or, um, but yeah, that's my biggest frustration. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Is there anything we didn't cover that you want to share with us before we wrap up, Leanne? Um, well, you know me, Phil, right? I could talk for hours. So. <laughs> um, I, yes. No, I, you know, I, I would really encourage people to um, really invest in their employees. I'm, I'm learning a lot in that. I, I think that um, be professional, learn, educate. Um, I, I think all of these guys, you know, you're seeing a lot of that occurring. I'm actually watching, you know, clients become very um, smart, you know, and mm-hmm. not smart in the sense that they're dumb. Like I, I Believe me, I always respect clients that know snow. Um, mm-hmm. I'd rather work with them any day, even though they're the tougher ones. I'm like, yeah, but I respect them because they know what they're talking about, right? Yes. They're not like sitting in bed yelling at me for something that doesn't make sense. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that the more that we can really grow as professionals, um, I, I really see that as the biggest help. And the more that we all gather and speak out against these things or fight for these laws, um, you, you're never going to stop people from having the right to sue. We're not going to get away from that, but we, mm-hmm. we can become professional. We can learn different things as a way to protect our, the industry as a whole. Um, and I, I guess that's it. It's probably yeah. something that I've been very passionate about. Um, risk management is really a huge passion yeah. of mine. That's great. Yeah. Leanne, thank you so much and God bless. Oh, Have a great rest you. of the summer and I hope to see you soon at, in one of these industry events. Yeah. Keep me on your list. Definitely. Right, take care. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We welcome suggestions for future guests or topics. Feel free to email me directly at phil at growthebench.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, become a subscriber today so you won't miss any future episodes. And don't forget to check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Now go for it.